Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Welcome to episode 61 here at the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about shape shifting. What is it? Why do we do it? When do we do it? How do we do it? Things like that. Um, and I'm going to give you three cues to let you know that you are a shapeshifter and what that actually means and three steps to refine it. So the exciting thing about the shapeshifting energy is that it's something that you can refine to use for your benefit if it's something you naturally do or, uh, you know, instead of something you just stop doing entirely. Although with the refinement, you can decide if you want to stop or continue to um, use this part of your intuitive language, the shapeshifter. Okay, so before we jump into today's subject, let's do an Ask Kate. And for those of you new to the podcast, welcome. And what the Ask Kate is, is if you go to katesaintclair.com, if you go to the podcast tab, there's an Ask Kate button on the right. And this is like, if you have questions about intuition or, you know, how it works, if you want to know sort of how to integrate your intuition or how to bring it into conversation in your personal life or with your family or, you know, just the big, broad questions about intuition. I love to answer these questions um, so that you too feel like intuition is a part of your life and you have more confidence talking about it in the real world. So Jenny from Alberta, Canada asks, no one in my family believes in psychics, yet so many of them are as far as I can tell. How do I broach the subject so we can come to come to terms with this in our family kindly Jenny so I have three suggestions for you Jenny um, the first I would suggest is to just casually define you know when it's the right moment and use your intuition your guidance to just kind of th this is kind of the game plan when it feels right the first thing I would do is kind of define what a psychic is we do have to do some reclaiming of the word because Hollywood has Hollywood and history has sort of perverted the word and what I mean by that is you know it's an old word and it has a lot of baggage and it's the word we use, unfortunately, to sort of kind of explain what this part of us is. Um, but it's, we can all probably agree, it's kind of a joke and kind of degraded and kind of, you know, most of us feel like, yeah, that's not a real thing. So, you know, to do really define what a psychic is, is just as an adjective, it's, so it's relating to the soul or the spirit. And sort of the noun is, you know, a be it's a person who claims to have intuitive powers, if you will. So really, it's just our spiritual language. That's my modern definition of a psychic. It's all of us have our psychic because all of us are souls and all of us have intuition uh, that is used through the clairs, which is the language of our souls, that clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance. So everybody is a soul and so everybody communicates that way. It's just we in our modern, modern culture don't talk about it quite that clearly or specifically. So I think bringing that that definition into daily life or daily conversation is really important to, to start that dialogue. The second thing, maybe it has a lot to do with the first, but 
Well, it's, it's a little bit different. It's the second thing I would suggest is to normalize the unseen. You know, when you were talking about intuition or psychic senses or guidance, we can also talk about how the most powerful things in life go are unseen, right? Love, the most powerful force is often an unseen energy. And sometimes we don't really connect with the power of it until maybe we're welling our eyes with tears or we're brokenhearted. You know, the love breaks our heart or makes our eyes tear or, but when, when that unseen energy hits us, it's so profound that it gives us physical response, right? And courage, courage can be seen through action, but a lot of the times we're holding our heads held high and no one can see what's really going on, right? That's another very powerful unseen energy and trust. Um, trust can be proved through behavior, but also it can be something very unseen. It's something sometimes often even unspoken. And so intuition is often an unseen energy, of course, but it can be validated like trust, like love, like courage. There can be physical attributes to show and prove its existence. And so too can with guidance, you know, where you predict the future accu- accurately, or you look your, at your children and they're smiling, but you're like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. You know, okay, do you and I need to have a private talk? And they're like, yes, please. You know, that's, there, there's all these little ways to prove it. Um, the medium part, <laughs> mediums prove our talent through evidential confirmationable um, information that comes through that you can emphatically say, yes, my grandmother had black hair. Yes, my mother baked, um, you know, macaroons on Sundays. I mean, whatever the specifics of it are, a good medium really starts and stops all sessions with the evidence of what we're trying to bring through. And if they're not bringing evidence, the medium has to have the talent to be able to say, okay, next spirit, please. Like we have to depend on them to give us evidence. Um, or sometimes we can be lost. (laughs) And the third, I'd say Jenny is to just really take it out, take intuition or psychic senses out of the supernatural. Um, Some people would definitely disagree with me, but I, for my life, I need to normalize intuition and I normalize it through, well, everybody is a soul. So that is the language of the soul, intuition, psychic senses, guidance, that's all language of the soul and everybody is one. So there's, I don't, I don't find it to be supernatural. I find it to be the most natural thing in the whole world, Uh, much like love, much like trust, much like being brave. Those things are all very natural in my reality. So I like to bring I I had to bring psychic senses and intuition off of its pedestal. Uh, that's just for me. Now, some people really love to indulge in the theatrics and it inspires them, in fact. And I had to really humble that energy to be able to integrate it into my actual life. So Jenny, I would recommend those three things, you know, just defining what a psychic is with your family so that we can you know, you guys can start having just a natural conversation about what that can mean. Because I know it's very frustrating when your family shows all these and and often the other sort of phenomenon is people that are very psychic usually don't believe in it, (laughs) you know, because there is this like jealousy or there's this thing in us where 
we want to understand it so bad we can actually reject it or reject it from other people because we don't understand it within ourselves. And maybe we care so much because it's important to us. But maybe since we still haven't found the key, we dismiss it and disregard it. So sometimes the adversity is actually, as I think you're picking up on, Jenny, it's a cue that your family is very psychic. So we might as well just start talking about it, right? And get on with it. So defining it, normalizing unseen energy, you know, love is unseen and that's very normal. And then third, I would take it out of the supernatural. So those are the three steps that I would recommend Jenny to begin that conversation with your family. Thank you for that question. Okay, let's get to today's subject, shape-shifting. So let me just kind of paint a picture and ask some questions and story tell, right? So does this happen to you? So, you know, maybe you're driving and you're doing your thing and maybe you're listening to music that you really love and you're kind of feeling like yourself and um, maybe you're going to meet some friends, right? So you pull up and you get out of the car and, and like there's this new person and you find your voice being really different and maybe you're acting totally weird. You just like have no control over yourself. And you, you're thinking while it's happening, like, why am I talking like this? Why am I acting like this? Like, what in the hell is happening with me? You know, or maybe you're a person who if your dad, you're with your dad, you act a certain way. If you're with your mom, you work, you act a different way. If you're with your sister, you act a totally different way. If you're with your brother, forget it. Like, you totally change like who you are depending on who you're with. Okay. So, um, this would be the energy or the archetype of the shape shifter. And I, in my research, most sensitives are, especially if you're an empath shape shifters. Why? <laughs> because we're clairsentiently picking up the energetic vibration of other people. And if you've had a traumatic childhood, you definitely shapeshift. And you do that to protect yourself. You do that to mimic the energy that's in front of you to protect yourself, really. Um, so a lot of the heavy, heavy shapeshifters that I meet in my profession, that I met in, in my younger life, that I was myself, that comes through trauma. So without sort of the trauma, a shapeshifter is maybe there is a, mani a manipulation in the energy and not always for horrible things. You know, we, we have to sometimes manipulate our children and, and a lot, you know, this is a whole other conversation and a whole other debate, but, you know, persuading our children to do the right thing. We have to sort of build this story to give them the reason why, because their brains don't you know, have that insight that we do as adults is so we have to be able to paint that picture and shape-shifting can be this energetic match, you know, like in its most holistic way, it's really an energetic match out of respect and kindness so that you both feel safe. The problem with shape-shifting is when you can't ever just be yourself, that's really exhausting. And that's why I really wanted to do this um, podcast today to talk about the exhausting part. Um, and when you kind of feel like a self betrayal and you can't stay grounded or centered when you're around anybody, that's when it really can become a problem. So three cues that you are a shapeshifter, either archetypically, or it's a behavioral issue that, um, as a sensitive you've learned through again, 
maybe self-protection or, or respect of the other. There's different reasons why we do it, but it's definitely an energetic archetype. So one cue is that you change your energy to accommodate other people. So when you're around somebody really soft spoken and gentle, you can all of a sudden become really soft and gentle. That's not always a problem. But when we can be in the presence of somebody really aggressive and just like dirty and just like, (laughs) you know, we can too become aggressive and just downright dirty, uh, like in the blink of an eye. And it's, that's when I get really frustrated because I don't want to lose control of myself just to match somebody else's energy. Okay. And the second cue would be mannerisms where your hand gestures change, your way of standing changes, you know, you're really kind of moving your physicality to accommodate and or adjust to other people. Like, uh, for example, I would always like, for most of my life, I was always moving way my body way around for other people. I remember the, the sort of epiphany I had at Target when I realized that how just naturally I do this was, it was probably 10 years ago, and I was just super overwhelmed. I was doing Ask a Medium shows, and my kids were tiny at the time, and it was just too much. And I was, I was having a little panic attack, and I called my husband from Target, and I'm standing there with my basket, and I kind of pulled off to just a quiet aisle. And I have my baby in the basket and my toddlers next to me and I'm on the phone crying. And this woman comes down the aisle with an attitude and I'm I'm already over to the side. And I go out of my way while like crying to move even farther over for her, like to totally accommodate her while I'm sitting there with some, you know, a lot of stuff going on. And that's when I realized, Jesus Christ, I will, I will move mountains to make sure nobody else is uncomfortable in my presence. Uh, If you have a bad attitude, I will do whatever it takes to make sure you're comfortable at the expense of my own comfort. So you know, these are kind of why we want to really know if we have that shape shifting archetype so that when we are standing there crying with babies next to us, we are not moving our bodies and everything to accommodate others. We are taking care of ourselves. People can go around you. You know, we really want to honor the being that we are in the space that we take up. And we don't want to lose how we communicate and how we stand and who we are through the shape-shifting mechanism. And the third cue would be you easily dummy yourself down in the presence of energy that feels dumb you go way down like you'll try to you'll just I to simplify I dumb you know you dummy yourself down um sometimes you act really intelligent like maybe you already know you're intelligent but in front of a particular person you are like proving your intelligence to them you know or I know I come from a lot of athletic people, so that's not an unfamiliar energy to me, but I've seen shapeshifters, you know, people I've been with that try to all of a sudden be athletic and they're really not athletic people and nor should they have to be, you know, people are who they are. So these are kind of ways where you're catch yourself like, oh, I'm just so intelligent. And maybe you are really comfortable with your intelligence. So you don't normally do that. So these are just kind of three cues where, again, you you get your energy really aggressive or your energy gets really soft, not usually the problem, but the mannerisms really change and you're 
communicating and you keep thinking, why am I doing this? That's a cue. Or you intellectually, um, you know, in your mind, you do all these mental gymnastics to accommodate a person that you know well, or a person you've just met, it doesn't really matter. Sometimes we spend our whole lives, you know, adjusting to mom or dad or sister or brother or, um, you know, the friends or the friends and mom, and we just go out of our way to be accommodating energetically, including changing our voices and changing the way we stand and how much we care about intelligence (laughs) or athleticism, things like that. So let's just take a few moments to go ahead. You know, what is it? It's, it's a shape-shifting energy is, it's an accommodating, mirroring energy. Um, why do we do it? Often it is to, I think in its purest form, it's to make others comfortable. There's that empathic part of us that's just like, I don't mind softening to match your energy. I don't mind kind of more energetic banter if that makes you more comfortable. So in its purest form, that's why we do it. In its not purest form, we do it to manipulate in a negative way where we're really manipulating ourselves. So we're losing ourselves to make everybody else comfortable. That's, that would be the negative side of why we do it. Um, especially if you're raised in trauma, it's a survival mechanism at that point. Okay. And then when do we do it? We can do it with family and we can do it with strangers and we can just do it wherever. And I would say, uh, kind of where do we do it? Um, that would be the same kind of when, where, I, I guess I would, I would refine like, when do we do it? We often do it when we're feeling really ungrounded. And that's not something we're often aware of. Sometimes we're just, we live ungrounded. And so we're always shape-shifting. We're always accommodating others. But let's talk about three of the ways that we can refine it so that you have just more control over it. And you can actually use this shape-shifting energy to your advantage if you want to. So the first way is to just kind of tune in, you know, especially if you're kind of catching yourself like, why am I acting like this? Or why am I talking like this? Just kind of tune into yourself, you know, do a check in and just mentally ask yourself, is this me or is this somebody else's? You can ask your guide, you know, I would recommend a birth guide to give you that answer, but you can ask your higher self, you can ask God, you know, you can go to whatever source you're most comfortable with. And that way you're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this to accommodate them. Okay. So the second step would be to decide if it's helping you or hurting you, you know, like, am I comfortable? Am I, am I okay? Um, talking like this, or do I need to snap out of it and talk the way I normally talk, um, stand the way I normally stand, you know? Um, so you can, you have the choice to continue with the shape-shifting and go with the flow with that. Or you can say, no, I, in this moment, I need to find my voice. I need to find my body. I need to find my legs. I'm going to stand the way I want to stand. I'm going to talk about things that I care about. So you, that second step is when you really make that choice to go into the third step, which is really to commit to it. If you're getting guidance that you're accommodating somebody else and it's not good for you, then commit to just really getting in your body, getting in your legs and getting into your voice. And, or if like it's working for you, you kind of, okay, the flow of this is going to work for me. I don't mind. Then commit to it. Commit to the shape-shifting. Just be like, yeah, I can, I can accommodate your energy. I can go with the flow here. I, I don't need to kind of 
change directions or shift gears in this moment. I can, I'm safe enough. I am willing to, and maybe I want to kind of go with the flow of this next step. So those are the three ways that you can practice refining this very flexible mirroring energy that is called shape-shifting. It's not an entirely bad thing. The, again, the only sort of negative thing about it is when you spend your whole life not knowing who you are and where you're at and, and maintaining who you are in the presence of others. That's when it can become a problem for us sensitives. Uh, but there are just these three steps that you can take and, and many more. There's a, you know, there's a whole process that you can do to integrate this archetype of ours, this, this shape shifter that is very accommodating. Um, and again, like if you're a parent, it can accommodate your children. If you're a spouse and you're really trying to connect, it's a, just a fabulous way of connecting with your spouse. Um, but also with that realization that not everybody has this archetype, not everybody can shapeshift. So there, I, I've, I've heard couples say, you know, like a partner will say, I, I don't get it. Like I can, I know exactly who my partner wants me to be. I know what they're thinking and they don't do the same for me. And more times than not, it comes back to that shapeshifter. Some people just don't have it. And that can be a problem when we are sort of wanting to be connected and mirrored in our own lives. So not everybody has the ability to shapeshift and connect and match your energy. Um, so it's not necessarily a bad thing if you don't live with other shapeshifters. Just kind of bring this front of mind that this could be why you don't, you give in these very unique ways and you don't necessarily receive it back from maybe anybody in your life. <laughs> Okay, so interesting, fascinating conversation about shape-shifting. I, I know some people have come to me with problems with, like I said, partners or people that they love, and often the shape-shifter will come up, and it'll be like the lights came on. There's like, oh my God, they're, they're a shape-shifter, that's it. And sometimes I'll see them wanting to use it derogatorily, if that's the right word. <laughs> And it's, that's not the intention of teaching what a shapeshifter is. It's people aren't necessarily doing it to manipulate or harm or, you know, often it can come through trauma and, or just a really old soul that kind of knows intuitively how to match energy to make others comfortable. That's what that comes down to. It's generally not a manipulating energy, um, though, of course it can be used, um, by those that which wish to create harm certainly they can use the shapeshifter in a sort of dark side if you will but that's the same for any archetype if I'm saying the word archetype and you kind of don't know what that means I would guide you back to anything Carolyn Mace she has a wonderful book on archetypes she talks more about how we all have natural archetypes and how there's a dark and a light side to them and how we can balance them and how we can use them. They're really an kind of an energetic imprint or blueprint on how we are. They're energies that help us do the life that we've come to live in our life. So study on archetypes is a wonderful, wonderful pursuit. If you're kind of wondering how you, why or how you do certain things that you do. And, you know, if, especially if you're confronting something you'd like to stop, 
Well, maybe it's something that can just be refined, something that you do that can just be refined and not necessarily cut off or stopped or shamed within you, but healed and integrated and maybe used in the light side. So that's Caroline May, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-Y-S-S, I believe um, is how she spells her name. So as I wrap up this podcast, I want to direct you to, again, a few tools that can help your own intuitive journey. Of course, Be Guided to Be Great is, uh, book is out and available, Barnes Noble Online and Amazon and Apple. It's just everywhere. So go ahead and check that out. It'll organize your intuition, especially if you're very intuitive. It'll organize your intuition and create, I, I give you tools to be able to access it in real time. And then, and then I provide my secret formula so that you have an intuition that is organized and eventually you can use it, control and trust it on demand, which is how it was intended to be. And you can join the Kate St. Clair community. If you go to my, um, website at katesinclair.com back page that podcast tab there's a join the community button that will get you into a 10-week video course that I created for you so there's a video a worksheet and a podcast all in regards to a single aspect each week an aspect of intuition so maybe one video one worksheet will really dive into your Claire's uh, maybe another um, video worksheet will really dive into your birth guide and so that's available for you too for free. And then of course you can take that quiz, which Claire are you? So um, until next week, we might do a bonus episode. We'll see about time, but I do want to talk about elections has been kind of coming up in people's readings and in sessions. And so if I'm able to formulate the, something the guides want to talk about, we'll go ahead and get you a bonus episode this week. And if not, we'll we'll see you on election day <laughs> here in America anyway. So for our inter international community, I know you're, you've got your eye on the States and we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but until then, take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, which Claire are you? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.